Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is Rock and Roll Friday on the Savage Nation. Well, you made it through another horrible, disgusting, corrupt, nightmarish week. Never saw anything like it. Everything that we have believed in doesn't exist anymore. Everything has dissolved in the last few months. The herd mentality, and I don't mean the H-E-A-R-D mentality, the herd mentality that has emerged in America has never been seen before. The fools driving around with masks in their own car. Have you seen the fools in their own car with a mask on? You say to yourself, how dumb can Americans be? Well, they can get dumber than that. We hear that um, the Black Lives Matter movement, for example, ooh, ooh, can't even say that. All the bullets are out. All the guns are aimed now. I said the words Black Lives Matter. All the left is ready to report what I'm about to say. We hear that the Black Lives Matter movement is about grievances and slavery. Is it 150 years ago? Do you know anyone who owns slaves? I am an immigrant son. You want to hear my white privilege? I'll tell it to you one day. I don't have any. And how do you explain the fact that some people of color come over to this country and within one generation are doing very well indeed? How do you explain that? How do you explain these things? How do you explain that the left says they're knocking over the statues of racists? Well, let's look into that. Let's look at Robert E. Lee himself. Robert E. Lee said, if Virginia stands by the old Union, so will I. He was ready to lead the Union Army. Did you know that? He was Lincoln's first pick to lead the Union Army. You know, most of you leftists don't even know what the Union Army was because you're really not after uh, racists. You're after America. But Robert E. Lee said, 
If Virginia stands by the old union, so will I. But if she secedes, then I will follow my native state with my sword and if need be with my life. He did not support slavery. Indeed, Robert E. Lee said it was a moral and political evil in any country and freed his own slaves before emancipation. He did not consider secession to be the constitutional right of any state, but he had been reared to the belief that his principal loyalty lay with Virginia. But what about the great hero Abraham Lincoln himself? Many of the fools out there think Lincoln fought the Civil War to free the slaves. That's the popular notion. That is not true. That's not true at all. Because I'll read you, I will read to you Lincoln's words, his own words. This is from an important book on history. The differences that had provoked the American Civil War were given public voice during the presidential election of 1860. Imagine that. There was actually a debate. And it was won by the Republican candidate, Abraham Lincoln. He was a Republican, by the way. Slavery had been an issue of the election. But the principal debate had been on the right claimed by the South of individual states to secede from the Union. In his inaugural address on March 4th, 1861, listen to what Lincoln said. He made it abundantly clear that he sought only to prevent the extension of slavery to the territories, great areas to the West that had yet to be granted statehood. The new president, Lincoln, observed the following. I have no purpose directly or indirectly to interfere with the institution of slavery in states where it exists. I believe I have no lawful right as I have no inclination to do so. So he was really fighting the Civil War to prevent the uh, Union from being broken up. Really, it was all about money. It was about the industrial North not wanting the agricultural South to secede from the Union. You understand that? It's very important you understand that because you're going to start knocking over statues with this herd mentality. You got to understand that it's got nothing to do with the issue of racism. It's got to do with the issue of America itself. That's only one topic. It's not the whole topic. It's not the whole show. The herd mentality on the COVID epidemic right now is even more important when you realize that they are now categorizing every death in a hospital for any cause as a COVID death if the individual who passes away tests positive for the virus. Do you understand what they're doing? That they're skewing the data in order to collect more money from the federal government for the treatment of COVID than for any other illness. Do you understand what's involved here? The herd mentality. I know that that is not commonly understood by Anderson Cooper. I certainly understand that Don Lemon can't even follow the words I am saying. He would have to have it translated for him in large type somewhere on a large screen and the word racism put in there somewhere for him to even understand it. But that's what's going on. Now, what about the, the money that's been given out, the SBA loans? That's been a real issue of mine. Screaming headlines today. 12,000 Catholic churches applied for PPP loans and 9,000 got them. 
I said, okay, so they got a lot of money, the Catholic churches. But the first question I asked was, wait a minute, what about the Jewish organizations? How much do they get? You don't see that from the AP, do you? Huge attack on the Catholic churches, that they got a billion some odd dollars from the taxpayers for the PPP uh, program. Huge, huge headline today. Catholic Church lobbied for taxpayer funds. Got $1.4 billion. Well, that's true. Well, I looked into the Jewish federations, the Protestant federations, the mosques, the Buddhist temples, and you won't believe what I, Savage, found. Would you like to know what I found? You want to see the hatred for Catholics amongst the vermin on the left in the media? Yes, it's true the Catholic Church got money, but the Jewish groups got some money too. Did you know that the atheists also cashed in on this? Do you know that that vermin bum rat, anti-church rat bum, I don't have enough words for him, who runs the Freedom From Religion Foundation, received between 350000 and a million dollars. Can you believe the amount of money that's been given out by this government? A representative for the Jewish Federations of North America told CBS News that they conducted a survey on April 21 and learned that 573 Jewish organizations were approved for PPP loans with a total value of $276 million. Among that group were 219 synagogues who received just over $50 million in loans. What's odd about that is that most of the synagogues are closed anyway. So the money was basically grifted up to the top to the organizations that run it. Do you know that the synagogues are closed, yet they receive the money? Well, where the money go? What, to send the, the rabbis on a vacation to Israel to study the Torah? An additional 391 Jewish organizations reported that they had applied for loans and were awaiting the government's response. Those requests are total value 106 mil, median value 118 grand. Several atheist organizations also receive loans. Uh, the American Humanist and the American Atheist Associations receive between 150 and 300,000 each. The Freedom from Religion Foundation and the Center for Inquiry receive between 350,000 and a million each. So if you set up a nonprofit quickly overnight between now and the next round of stimulus that Trump's going to write a check for him and Pelosi. By the way, it's frightening to see what Pelosi got. Did you see the kind of money she got? Oh, yeah, we looked into it. Oh, yeah, Madam Pelosi did very well indeed. Her husband got the money, but then they said, well, wait a minute, he's only an investor in the company. I knew nothing about it. That's the latest game. I knew nothing about it. I'm only an investor. We don't know where Gavin Newsom's money goes or comes from. We don't know that the plump jack got money. We don't know anything about that. We cannot find any reference to mosques or Buddhist temples receiving money. Uh, I'm sure they did since they're uh, religious organizations and they're 501c3s. Anyone out there know anything about mosques or Buddhist temples um, who received any money? We're open for business at the Savage Nation. This COVID money really bothers me. It really bothers me because it seems everyone got the money who wanted the money. I have a list here in my hand of local groups in Marin County that got the money, and my, my hair almost caught on fire. There's a local newspaper here called The Ark. It's like a throwaway, you know, supermarket paper. And yet they published the, the list 
of groups that got the money and the amounts, and I couldn't believe it. Ronald P. P. Goldman, a professional law corporation, got $150,000 to $350,000. Now, I'm not casting aspersions on the Ronald P. Goldman Law Corp., nor am I singling out Ronald P. Goldman. I don't know him. I never did business for or against him. Well, why would a lawyer get money? Congregation Cole Shofar got between one hundred fifty and $350,000, and they're closed for business. You can't go there to pray, but they got three hundred and fifty grand. How is that possible? That a synagogue gets money and they stay closed to the public. Here's a good one. Marin Senior Care, listed at 131 Jamaica Street, which is a house, got between $350,000 to a million dollars. Now, what do you mean Marin Senior Care? What does that mean? So that means you could set up a, a group called Dorothy Senior Care in your house, make yourself a nonprofit or an LLC, and then apply for money now? You're taking care of your mother-in-law? Jim, do you know that? If you have a mother-in-law at home, instead of, because you're not making much money, you're working for this company. Uh, you, you, could, you could set up a senior care thing in your house. Or you could declare that your spouse is uh, mentally incompetent and call it uh, Jim's Handicap, not you, Jim, let's say Robert's Handicap Services. And you can make between 500000 and a million dollars. In other words, let's say you have a nutty relative. Just create an LLC called uh, Johnny's, well, it couldn't be Johnny. It would be you have to have some some smart name like uh, I don't know Boomers Boomers Senior Care. You might get a million dollars from the administration. NES America Inc. got five to ten million dollars. No one knows what they do or who they are. I don't know who these people are. Here's a landscaping company on Ned's Way that got one hundred fifty three and fifty thousand dollars. How does a landscaping company get any money? Construction company got money. Biotech companies that do nothing got money. I can't believe what I'm looking at. A bakery got money. Well, okay, the baker. I think the bakery was supposed to get the money. So we have the names of all these groups in the local count in the local town. Here's an emergency physicians group. They got three hundred fifty thousand to a million dollars. Uh, did you know hedge funds got money? Did you know that investment advisors got money, Jim? An office run by one man. Got a million dollars. Do you know that? I never saw anything like this. This is the greatest corruption in the history of the United States of America. The PPP program, if this country should survive, and if there are historians who are left, who are honest, which is hard to believe there will be any given the universities today, they'll have to turn everything into anti-white racism in order to publish anything in the history department if this keeps up. If there are any historians left who actually cover the pay, Paycheck Protection Program under the SBA during these times, this will be considered as the greatest scandal in American history. Pelosi owns restaurants. She got money for the restaurants. But she probably doesn't know anything about it because she's only an investor. See how that works? They all say, I don't know anything about it. They asked Pelosi for her tax returns yesterday. Do we have that sound by Jim, anywhere in our sound? No. They asked Pelosi for her tax returns yesterday since she was screaming that Trump should release his. She said, I'll release them when I decide to run for the presidency. We are living in unprecedented times with a level of corruption never, ever seen before. Never. And for the vermin in the media to constantly point their knives at Trump, without looking at themselves and their bosses, 
is an example of why why we are melting down as a nation. Again, I could say to you, the phone number is 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-407-282. It's open mic to mic Friday. Uh, I've given you some of my topics, and I can play you some sound. I'll play some rock and roll. Let me ask you a question. What is your white privilege story? Do you really think you have white privilege? If you're uh, a poor white person, or if you're not even a poor white person, if you're a regular white person, not poor, middle class, You know and I know that most of you started with nothing. Most of you started with nothing. Why don't you tell your white privilege story here to disown the liars on the left? The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, It's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you could then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you, go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. 
For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. When and if I decide to run for president, I will most certainly release my tax returns. But that's a, uh, but the fact is, I wish the rest of the con- uh, calls will extend the courtesy to Sanisha, Renee, and Keith and focus on the issue at hand. So somebody dared ask this dictator, Pelosi, a real question. And the empress got very angry. I don't even know who had the nerve to ask the empress the question, but they said, would you release your tax returns since you're gloating about the Supreme Court decision about President Trump's tax returns? And uh, the empress then lashed out. Robert, play it again because they didn't know what she sounds like Mickey Mouse on Laughing Gas. So play it again. When and if I decide to run for president, I will most certainly release my tax returns. But that's a, uh, but the fact is, I wish the rest of the country. Uh, All right, it's enough already. Satamal doesn't know what she's. T- you know, she used to me. sound deranged. She used to sound nuts. Then she got cogent. Now she sounds nuts again. It's amazing to me what medication does to people and what the COVID uh, isolation is doing to people. No access to restaurants, no free meals in, in North Beach anymore. It really affects people, especially if you have to stay home and eat your bad meatballs. I mean, when you're home cooking your own meatballs and your own lasagna, you can st- really go mashugana. I mean, she can't get out to a restaurant anymore in San Francisco because, the, 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 you know, we got a mayor here. No, no one even knows who she is or where she came from. Where did they get these people from to be mayors of these sanctuary cities? No one even knows who they are, where they came from. That's the city I'm living in. This is the Savage Nation. We're open for business. Be here or be nowhere. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So we're living in an age of total and absolute propaganda run by Wolf Blitzer, Jake Tapper. I'm giving you the examples of the worst people in the history of America. In my mind, they are public enemy number one. I don't care what they think of me. They are propagandists dividing the races. CNN should be shut down the way Lincoln shut down newspapers. Trump has the power to shut down news organizations that exist strictly to provoke race warfare and race hatred. That would be CNN and MSNBC. Top of the list. Let me give you an example. So the racist, psychotic mayor of New York, instead of stopping the shootings in Harlem, the murders in the streets after defunding the police, has the, the, the audacity to go out in the streets with a bunch of radicals, including that grifter, Al Sharpton, and paint Black Lives Matter in the street, on the street, on the pavement. Now, in some cities, people have changed some of the letters in Black Lives Matter to All Lives Matter. People who have done that are being um, charged with a hate crime. Now, first of all, how can a hate crime apply to an inanimate object. It can't. It was never written to provide uh, an extra charge directed at an inanimate object. That's number one. But one would say that that's free speech, isn't it? I don't understand where you people are coming from. If you are painting Black Lives Matter on a public thoroughfare, to many people that is vandalism. It is vandalism because it is a public thoroughfare. It's not private property. And as a public thoroughfare, there was no vote on whether or not they wanted a political message on their sidewalk or on their roadway. 
So one could say that that was vandalism. So then to say that the person who's painting it over to all lives matter is committing vandalism is a total and absolute lie. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This is selective enforcement. Now, let's look at the words white privilege. They are very, very electrifying words. Here is what I just tweeted. I am a self-made man, an immigrant son. No inheritance other than hardworking parents, religion, and respect for self and nation. White privilege is an invention of the university communists to divide the nation by race and provoke hatred. It's a fine paragraph. I don't think it can be faulted. If there are any um, academics listening to this show who can prove to me that I have benefited from white privilege in any way, we're going to leave one open line at 855-407-282. Because most of the people I know made themselves what they are. They don't blame people for their mistakes. If they made a mistake in their life, they take responsibility. If they invested in a business that failed, they don't blame anyone's race for it having failed. Uh, I've known people who have failed in life, and they usually blame someone for it. There were people in cafes, for example, that I used to know who thought they were screenwriters. Well, they were not screenwriters. They were writing dreck, garbage. No one wanted what they wrote. They blamed the Jews of Hollywood for their failure. So you understand that many people need a scapegoat for the fact that they're a flop. It has now become institutionalized. We've heard about institutionalized racism, and it does exist amongst those who are talking about institutionalized racism. That's where it exists. You know, they ought to look in the mirror to find out where it exists. So there's so much to talk about. You want to talk about your white privilege story. You want to talk about the big lie of uh, white privilege. You want to talk about uh, the PPP program and how it's the greatest boondoggle in American history. Oh, there's so much to talk about. I can play some great sound. Here is a mayor of New York who should be arrested for, for vandalism, who goes, instead of stopping the shootings in Manhattan and in New York, which are at a peak now, coming up to a high level again, he takes the time to paint Black Lives Matter across from Trump Tower just to spite President Trump. Listen to this loser in clip four. The president, rather than having a, a chance to acknowledge America's original sin, he Wait, literally stop. made Did it. you hear what he just said? Did you hear what he said? You know how Hitlerian this is? De Blasio says America has an original sin. This is what they said about the Jews. That the Jews killed Jesus. Do you understand how sick this man is and how evil he is? To use race like this at a time like this to turn blacks against whites. Play it again, clip four. This is the mayor of New York City. The president, rather than having a, a chance to acknowledge America's original sin, he, he literally made it worse by suggesting that you know, honoring black people on Fifth Avenue would somehow make it less valuable or luxurious. I, I, I got to tell you. Okay, uh, let's stop. Are out how are you on? Excuse me. How are you honoring black people by writing on a sidewalk? Black lives matter. You mean only black lives matter? What is your point, Mayor de Blasio? Why are you defacing the streets just to provoke Donald Trump and not expecting people to say foul ball? 
your city is rotting and dying because you are a racist failure and you have used race, Mayor de Blasio, to get where you are and you're still using race to divide people. It is a hellhole. Anyone who can sell their apartment in New York is selling their apartment and bailing out of that that city. It's like escape from New York right now. San Francisco, not too far behind. All the young people in tech who bought themselves a condominium have seen the value of their condominium drop precipitously, not solely because of the COVID economic meltdown, but because of the violence, the crime, the filth in the streets, and the bums in the streets. That's what's really going on, by the way. Donald Trump himself knows exactly what's going on in New York City. There's only one note out of New York I think that uh, I want to mention. What is this about? What, Pelosi doesn't have a grandmother's earrings? Are you kidding me? When they ask Pelosi about tearing down a Christopher Columbus statue because she's of Italian heritage, instead of saying something unifying, listen to what this lunatic said in clip nine. I don't even have my grandmother's earrings. I'm not a big... uh Let's see what we have in terms of monuments in this. I'm more interested in what people have accomplished. Uh, I think that it's up to the communities to decide what statues they want to see. Mm-hmm. Really? Let's hear clip 11 now from Madame Pelosi. Again, if the community doesn't want the statue there, the statue shouldn't be there. Uh, I, that doesn't diminish my pride in my Italian-American heritage and the fact joking? that uh, it was a country discovered by an Italian name for an Italian, Amerigo Vespucci. Uh, so I have that pride, uh, but I don't care that much about statues. You don't care that much about... What do you care about? What do you care about, Nancy, if you don't care about statues? You let them knock over the Columbus statue without standing up for the pride that you allegedly have? Let's see... Um Some restaurants that you own got some good money. Some wineries that you own got some good money. I guess that's what you care about. But she's not alone. I mean, I'd be a hypocrite to say that she's alone in that. Look at the uh, Trump family. Look at the Trump site. See how much money they got. Everyone stuck their beak into this PPP money. Everyone took money. Who could get it? Took the money. While you, the average schmuck, got nothing. How is it that the average guy out there got nothing or a few dollars? while the people on the top stole billions of dollars. How is this possible that there's no outcry in the media? The answer is because they got the money too. So you say, well, it'll all be okay. No, it won't be okay because if you add up the amount of money they've stolen for the Paycheck Protection Program, which had good intentions initially, but was then stolen by Ghanifs and thieves across the country, you understand that the value of our dollar has diminished by a percentage that's hard to calculate because of these bailouts. And I'm going to ask you, what if Obama was president during this unprecedented crisis of COVID and the government put together a PPP program, Paycheck Protection Program, and everyone he knew got money, everyone on the other side of the aisle got money, like uh, McConnell and his wife with the the steamship. Everyone got money. McConnell got money. His wife got money. Everyone stole money from the Treasury, in my opinion. To me, it's stealing money. The money in the PPP program was not meant for this. Some would argue 
No, no, no. It was meant to keep businesses from going broke to, to pay for employees. How much of it went to the sole proprietor of a business who said that they were p- going to pay employees with it when they were the only employee? That's why no one's really complaining. You understand that we haven't yet seen the. Um, I would suggest that within six months of the election, if that long, whoever wins, the country will not be the same. You won't even recognize America. Six months after this election, by June of, let's say next summer, by next summer, you will not recognize this nation because the bill will come due. It will have all come crashing down. I do not think there's any way to stop the avalanche. I believe our currency will be next to worthless. I believe we are approaching the level of the Weimar Republic. What does a $100 bill really represent anymore? Nothing, a piece of paper with the valuation on it of $100, which has a value in this time because we accept that the dollar has a value. But remember that Nixon took us off the gold standard. Remember when he did that? Many of you may may not even know who Nixon was. I was not very political at the time, but I remember writing in my journals that Nixon looks more like the communist that he screams against than the communist. He looks like more of a communist than the communist he is arguing against by what he was doing. Nixon looked like a crazy double agent to me. Even in those days, and I wasn't that political. Taking our currency, detaching it from the gold standard. Okay, so we have a paper currency. You're printing money, one trillion, two trillion, three trillion, him and Pelosi, Trump and McConnell and Pelosi, let's say, with Trump rubber stamping it, are about to pass another trillion dollar bailout. Where is the money coming from? Nowhere. They're printing it. So what does it mean? It means your currency, your valuation of that dollar will go down by another several percentage points. So that $100 bill that was worth $100, let's say, a year ago, in my estimation, is worth 20% less today. In one year, it may be worth 30% less. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So the myth of, of white privilege is something that we have to take on head on and stand up to the liars in the communist movement uh, who are promulgating this kind of racist talk. It is an invention of the university communists to divide the nation by race and provoke hatred. That's number one. Uh, there's number two to infinity here, if you'd like to talk about those topics. Let's take a caller in Oakland. Tony, let's make it brief. We have very little time. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Yes. Um, it's very easy, this problem. The Buddhists, the Hindus, mystical Christians, all know that we've had more than one lifetime. We've been black, red, yellow, brown, rainbow, whatever. Therefore, who's the... Well, wait, hold on, hold, ma- ma'am. They don't know. They believe. There's a difference between belief and knowledge. Belief is knowing. It's when you feel it. Well, no, no. Belief is belief. Look up the word belief. It has a meaning. Yes. Belief is not knowing. Belief is believing. Believe is to commune in love. Leave is from... Well, no, you're changing the definition of belief. You're saying that we've all been black, brown, yellow. We've all gone through reincarnation. That is a belief system. But when there's millions of billions of people that realize this, and once you realize that you know you've been everything. Therefore, there's no such thing as a white oppressor. We've all been white. 
How do we know who were the slaves and who were the <laughs> last time? Uh, I'm, I'm glad you have such a, um, a childish, Child- healthy view of the world. No, no. Uh, I mean, this is a childish belief system that you have. It's not supported by anthropology, by geology, DNA testing. Nothing supports what you just said. What's the matter? Cat got your tongue or what? Where are you? I was saying, you're the one who has trouble knowing if God is there. God is a feeling. You feel it. You know it. To That's right. You believe it. You believe in God. You don't know that God exists. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Comes Christmas time, we can't play Bing Crosby anymore because he sings he's dreaming of a white Christmas. Now, you know that that's white privilege right there. How can you dream of a white Christmas? Now, we know it meant snow. But to the racist maniacs, uh, there's no such thing as snow, no such thing as clouds, no such thing as white sport coats. So we're living through, I would say, crazy times, dangerous times, insane times. And you got to use a combination of brains and humor to survive it, navigate it. Uh, Welcome to hour number two of this Friday edition of the Savage Nation. A while ago, I brought up the topic of uh, white privilege, which, of course, is a fascinating invention of the communist left i had written earlier i am a self-made man an immigrant son no inheritance other than hard-working parents religion and respect for self and nation white privilege is an invention of the university communists to divide the nation by race and provoke hatred that is a complete paragraph it's irrefutable it's irrefutable. My grandfather came here with very little money, whatever he could save up in Russia. He left his grandma, my, my grandmother, his wife behind and uh, came here, worked for six years as a tailor in New York, seven days a week. He made fine men's suits, by the way. He was not just a uh, kind of a, a cleaning, not a cleaning store. He made suits by hand in those days. I never met him. So then he brings over my grandmother and... My father came here at age six at the same time. And my grandfather died at 49 of a heart attack from hard work. Then my father had a little store, never got any help from anybody. He was a very proud man. He wouldn't take a dime from anyone. We had a clean house. He worked his way up. One car, clean house. Mother, Mother worked very hard to keep the house together, to keep the children clean and to go to school. Uh, that's an inheritance unto itself, you understand. Hardworking parents, parents who respect the law, parents who respect God, parents who respect their nation. That's about the greatest inheritance you can have. Do you know that? Because if you look at people in Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco, it's a very sad story, nothing to gloat about. 
most of the children of the rich on Pacific Heights are uh, emotional, physical, and financial wrecks. So they inherited money. Their parents did not teach them any values. The parents were themselves dissipation cases. All they did was throw big parties. They were drunks and alc- drunks and drug addicts, by and large, sex maniacs. Huge mansions on Pacific Heights. The children wound up junkies and losers, never did a thing in their lives. So you could argue that the greatest privilege you could have is that of a mother or a father, or if you're lucky today, a mother and a father who teach you values. And the number one value is, I think, hard work and self-respect. If they then add respect for the nation, you really have a plus. Then if you're lucky enough to have gone to a church or a synagogue where you taught some values, you're really in luck, aren't you? But can you call that privilege? I don't know that you could call that privilege. I'd call it something else. So I've been getting a lot of response to it from people like yourselves who listen to the show who know that this attack upon white people is a it's, it's a desire to destroy the country completely. Any politician who engages in it should be called out for the racist he is. And that includes Joe Biden. We've been saving tapes of the early Joe Biden from early 2020 when Joe Biden was running anti-white speeches. You remember, Jim, we had them. We have them. We're not, we don't have them right now. We'll, we'll save them for the election. Biden was told by the idiots who were running his campaign, attack white males constantly. So the dunce was saying white privilege, white privilege, white privilege, white privilege, racism. Priv-. Then all of a sudden, Duncey Joe stopped it. Now Duncey Joe is singing a different tune. Of course, the Trump campaign doesn't have people smart enough to understand how to defeat him. Uh, they are really incompetent. All they're good at is raising money, which doesn't take a lot of intelligence to raise money in this country right now because people are terrified and desperate and they're throwing money at the two candidates like there's no tomorrow. But uh, we will play the Joe Biden tapes when the time comes around the time of September after Labor Day. And yes, I will tell you, my book will be out in September, September 15th. And it's all called Our Fight for America by Michael Savage. The war continues. It's about America being torn apart with a public health disaster, a corona response that was politicized, a wrongful death exploited by the radical left, and how real science has been uh, destroyed by both parties. I talk about a crippled America and my plan to preserve freedom and the truth in this time of desperation it's not an easy battle but it's one that we the people have to fight or we'll have nothing left to fight for you know it's been said in every election it's the most important election in history well actually each one of them has been the most important election history that election of obama was the turning point in american history when we elected a naked marxist who had been raised in a church of hate by Reverend Wright. Remember Reverend Wright's church? Not God bless America, but God damn America. Do you remember that? How they try to suppress that tape? The Obamas sat in that church for 20 straight years hearing God hate America, anti-white rhetoric, and they said nothing. They never left the church. They only left the church after he uh, decided to run for the presidency. It wasn't God bless America, but God damn America. That's what Reverend Wright said. So this institutionalized racism does exist. 
Unfortunately, it's not on the side that you are being told it's on. There is very deep institutionalized racism being preached. And it's really time for us to recognize what is being done and to just rationally dismember it. And that's what I'm trying to do here is that, you know, they say that the, uh, the what they say, uh, the pen is mightier than the sword. How was that put? That was a long time ago. People wrote the pen is mightier than the sword. We can defeat them through ideas. We can defeat them because most of them are very, very low IQ people. I look at them on the left. The ones that are really running it, you don't see. They're the highly educated communists in the universities. They're invisible. But the spokespeople for these radical leftist organizations that are tearing the country apart are really stupid. Low IQ, no education, illiterate. And you can take them apart through words. Remember, words have power. Uh, A man can be condemned by words. A man can be saved by words. It's been true going back to biblical times, probably pre-biblical times, in tribal times. A man's life could be saved by words or a man's life could be taken by words, whether it were in an African village, in some kind of tribunal before a prince or a king, or in America today. Words are immensely powerful. And remember, there is a saying that you may not have heard that I learned a long time ago. It's a very interesting uh, saying. If anyone listening to this show knows who wrote this, I'd appreciate hearing from you, whether by calling the show or by tweeting us. To the Hebrew, the word is the deed. I don't know who wrote that, but that was about the power of the word to Jewish people because it was the Jewish people who brought the word of the Lord to the human race. You do know that, don't you? Now, of course, you haven't seen what's coming yet. I see beyond the horizon and the next level of attacks will be aimed at Moses himself. They will now go after Moses, calling him a white racist. They will go after Abraham, the father of the three great monotheistic religions, and call him a racist, sexist, and a homophobe. Uh, They're already doing it in the universities, the vermin on the left, already working on it. But soon it will hit the mainstream, and they will start saying, take down statues of Moses and of Abraham. And then while you're at it, start taking down the synagogues, because they preach the Old Testament. Can't have the Old Testament. It's a racist, sexist, homophobic Bible, isn't it? So next, they will start taking down the synagogues in the name of justice, peace, and eliminating homophobia. If you think it can't happen here, you're a lunatic. It is happening here. First, they came for Columbus, and then they came for Moses. And when you didn't raise your voice for Columbus, who's going to raise the voice for Moses? Huh? Anyway, it's just one of those things. You know what I'm saying? Let's see. What else do I want to talk about before we take your calls? Uh, how about entertainment movies on television? As you know, I'm a big movie lover. And, uh, I saw one by Ang Lee the other night on Netflix that I had missed a number of years ago. It's got a terrible, terrible title, something, uh, lust and whatever. I don't even know the name of the movie. I couldn't even give it to you, but it's set in China. Ang Lee is a really great director. And I learned from a friend that this movie, hold on, I'm looking it up here. Ang Lee movies. A Chinese-American uh, guy, just fantastic. Um, he did Brokeback Mountain? I didn't even know that. Anyway, Ang Lee is a Taiwanese filmmaker, born in southern Taiwan, educated in Taiwan, and later in the United States. 
And he did a movie set. You remember the movie The Ice Storm from many years ago, like set in Connecticut? He did that one, which is great. I didn't even know he had done it. He did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, things like that. But the one that I'm talking about is called Lush Lust Caution. Little known movie, all Chinese actors and um, English subtitles. It's a 2001 film based on the 1979 novella by Eileen Chang. And it's set in Hong Kong in 1938. I don't think it did very well because it's too it's just too mental. It's too much of a mental movie. And it depicts a group of Chinese university students who plot to assassinate a high-ranking special agent and recruit a working for the puppet Chinese government. And they use one of their group, an attractive young woman, to lure him into a honey trap. They say that the film is generally accepted to be based on the historical event of Chinese spy Zheng Pingru's failed attempt to assassinate the Japanese collaborator Ding Mokun. I don't know anything about that, but I do know that the movie is astounding to watch in terms of directorial genius. It's a terrible, terrible title in English, but it's a translation from the Chinese, which has a double meaning in Chinese. The character for lust in Chinese can be read as uh, color, C-O-L-O-U-R, while caution, the second word of the title, can be read as ring. So therefore, the title can also be read as colorful ring, which is an object that plays a very important part in the movie. It's a terrible title in any way, and Ang Lee should have asked me what the title should be because I wouldn't have called it that. I, would have, I really would have named the movie, I don't know, The Killing of a Chinese, the killing of a Chinese Double Agent, The Killing of a Chinese Assassin, or The Killing of a Chinese Collaborator. That would have been a movie title that you would have gone to. And for those of you who like the Chinese language and the stylistic elements of that period, I guess why I'm mentioning it to you is it's slow-moving, and set, as I say, in Hong Kong in 1938, when the Japanese had already taken over Hong Kong, the brutality of the Japanese was already well known in the world. But I was not well aware until watching this film of the Chinese collaborationist movement within the Chinese people, amongst the Chinese people themselves. And I liken it to the Democrat Party uh, in America today. They are the collaborationist party of today. They are collaborating with the enemies of America, knowingly and unknowingly, in dismantling our nation. That is why I mentioned the movie Lust Caution, because the Democrat Party today must know that they are the collaborationists trying to destroy everything valuable in this nation. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Welcome back to the Savage Nation, Rock and Roll Friday. If you expect me to be a cheerleader, you're uh, listening to the wrong show. These are very bad times. I know you want the Pollyanna talk, talk uh, guys to tell you everything is going to be fine and that if Trump wins, the world will be saved. Sorry, you got the wrong show if that's uh, what you want to hear. So I put up this thing about the fake concept of white privilege and you have to stand up for yourself right now when you're hit with this by these lying racists. It's an invention of the university communists to divide the nation by race and provoke hatred and make you hate yourself. So people are writing 
some really nice stuff. And it's a guy named, uh, I don't know who he is. He has, Mike, your story has inspired me for nearly 20 years. In the midnight hours working graveyard shifts, just to scrape by after the 08 recession, your voice helped to make a way out of nowhere. You deserve everything you have earned. So Michael Savage answered, still trying even after major heart attack. I'll let that hang in the air. Okay. I went back on the air two days after the heart attack. No one even knew I was sick. And one day I will tell you the story of what has been done to me. It'll be too late for those who are doing it to me to pay the price. You will not believe about the cruelty and avariciousness that I am working against on a daily basis. But why do I go on the air then? If I am not receiving my fair share of earnings based upon a false premise, in my opinion, then why do I go on the radio? I do it for the country. Do you understand that there are people who actually do things other than for self-gain? Now, fortunately, I'm not a poor man because I've worked since I'm five years old and I have sufficient resources to pay myself and to support myself. But still in all, I do it because I love my audience and I love my nation. In that sense, perhaps I am the biggest fool you know. Because others would just say the hell with it all. And that's the end of it. But I can't do it. It's just not in me to quit. What can I say? It's the way I was raised and the way I am made. And I'm too connected to my audience at this time to just simply say goodbye. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Race, 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 race. And I'm not talking about a foot race or a horse race. I'm talking about the insanity of the racists in the Democrat Party and in the media who are labeling every white person a racist, thinking that will get them elected. Joining us right now to discuss this with uh, some clarity is Dr. Marilyn M. Singleton. Now, I got to tell you something about her background. She's a board certified anesthesiologist. She graduated from Stanford, earned her MD at UCSF Medical School, two years of surgery residency at UCSF, and then her anesthesia residency at Harvard's Beth Israel Hospital. And while still working in the operating room, Dr. Singleton attended UC Berkeley Law School, focusing on constitutional law and administrative law. How she wound up not being a left winger, I don't know, but we'll find out in a moment. Dr. Singleton, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Singleton, with your sterling credentials and having done most of your training here in the San Francisco area, how did you wind up not being a left-wing wacko? I just think my parents raised me right. That's all I (laughs) I'm telling you. I didn't know that you had... I mean, I know you were great. I've read your columns for a long time. Are you based here in the San Francisco area? I used to be. Used to be in Oakland. Now I live in Southern California. Why do you think the left-wing media is so, so focused on race today, doctor? Because it's an ugly word and racism, 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 and they've run out of other things to discuss. And sadly, it's, it's a well-known thing that the left has to make people miserable in order to get people to change their ways. Culturally, we have been moving along and getting along and doing very well, and they don't like it. Dr. Singleton, look, you you point out 
that we elected the son of a black African and a white American to be our leader in Obama. And then you say at about 12 percent of the population, the black vote could not have unilaterally pulled this off, meaning Obama captured a good part of the white vote. Okay, so therefore, how can you then scream that everyone's a racist? Absolutely. And they only just became racist now. I mean, once they decided they wanted to vote for Trump, these same human beings who are living the same life that they had before are magically hateful, racist creatures. Who, star- who do you think was the architect behind using race and racism as a strategy to get elected? Who, who do you think in the Democrat Party came up with that? Oh, that's such a hard question, because you talk about deep, deep, deep connections, and you hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it seems like all roads lead to George Soros when it comes to money. Oh, oh, oh. you're a lady after my own heart. (laughs) And one of the things, when you listen to the various pundits, now these are supposed to be intelligent people, well-read people. How can every single person use the exact same adjective, the exact same descriptor, whenever something comes up? And that's what I started noticing. So clearly a memo goes out that this is the word of the week. Just call everyone who votes for Trump or doesn't want to vote for a communist a racist. That's the new game. That's right. And because it is such an ugly word, the worst part of it is there's nothing you can say. Your credentials are beyond belief. I mean, I have my Ph.D. from UC Berkeley, which I'm very proud of. And I know how hard it was to to earn that Ph.D. and have my dissertation published. But here you graduate from Stanford. You get your M.D. at UCSF, great school. You get two years of surgery residency at USF. And then while working in the operating room, you attend UC Berkeley Law School. How could you do that? Well, my hospital was just probably a mile down the road. (laughs) Okay, that's the... Oh, I see. So you slept one minute a night. (laughs) But um, it, it... I worked it all out, and uh, how could you go to how do you go to law school while being a, a, a an operating surgeon? How is it possible? No, well, I I do anesthesia, so you can do anesthesia like on the weekends, and I took a lot of weekend calls. So instead mm-hmm. of working in the morning during the week, I would do weekend call. And- can I ask you something very very important to me? Yes. which is the, the uh, lack of, well, not lack of, the weakening of standards in universities today. When you went to medical school, when you went to grad school, when you went to law school, the standards were very stringent. Have they become weakened as a result of a desire to make certain that the uh, population of those who graduate don't look like you? Uh, this is something, it's very hard to answer. I can certainly see it at the college level. And I'd say some of the, when they look at the grade inflation, I mean, now that they have 4.5 grade point averages, and it's like, what they do getting an A? Oh, yes, now they have to give A pluses because there was so much grade inflation. And it's really very sad because now when I was in high school, I learned things, and I went to public high school. I learned things that people are just now learning in college. Well, Dr. Singleton, where did you go to high school? San Diego High. Isn't that interesting? 
Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I read Plato's Republic in Jamaica High School in the 1950s. Would you believe it? Well, I would believe it. I In my high school, we were participants in the nationwide Latin test, and we always won. I mean, we... <laughs> It, it was amazing seeing the curriculum, and I'm sure you remember a lot. Well, of- Al Sharpton said there were a bunch of old uh, uh, Greek uh, homosexuals, the Greeks. They didn't know anything. But, well, remember the language that they wanted to be, the universal language, Esperanto? Esperanto, sure. Whatever happened to our Esperanto? Is Bernie Sanders, uh, is Bernie Sanders a professor of Esperanto? <laughs> well, they taught that in my high school. I mean, now they barely <laughs> teach English. Oh, God, no, of course not. English is a racist. Uh, just a, if you speak English too literally, too in a too literate manner, you're, you're suspect in the America of today. Well, it, that's very sad. And as a black person, what really, really angers me is the whole concept. God, and I thought you got there through white privilege. Doctor. Well, see, there you go. You I was positive talking with you that you achieved all of these sterling credentials in anesthesiology uh, and in law because of white privilege. How would I have known? <laughs> Talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> God, that's <laughs> fabulous. This this is really great. So do you think the media will ever be able to change and stop using the R word? No. It's, it's become embedded now, and, and this seems quite clear, that when they tried to say President Trump was an anti-Semite, and then when it was pointed out his daughter was Jewish, they had to back off of that and then find other reasons to call him an anti-Semite. And racism is very hard to deny. When somebody calls you that, it's very hard to say, no, I'm not. And I recommend to people that you don't even deny it and, in fact, mock people who say that and go, yeah, well, it must be true. I even have bumper stickers that say I am a racist. How do you like that? Well, you know what I do if I hear that? Uh, they start throwing the race word around. I would say, you know, accusing someone of racism is the most racist thing I've ever heard. Uh, very good. See, that's not bad. Not bad for a guy who's had a lot of white privilege in his life, being the son of immigrants. <laughs> who, who, who didn't, I, both of my parents didn't even speak perfect English, by the way. I want to ask you a personal question, since I'm always impressed with higher academic credentials, especially from great universities. So you're African-American. Were both of your parents educated people? Yes, yes. They both they both went to college and uh, in 1930s. And well, did uh, they did they did they go to college in the 30s because they had black privilege? How did they go to college in the 30s? Well, let me tell you, and this is something I think white current white people need to know and need to learn. And it's something that I heard so much of in medical school, that there are a lot of young white folks that think black people didn't have money and didn't have any education until the caring white liberals of the 60s intervened. Mm. Guess what? And when I tell people this, the first female millionaire was a black woman. Madam C.J. Walker, and she lived on the same block as Rockefeller Mm. after she made her money. And they're all. How did she make her money? What field? She sold hair products. She used to make stuff in her kitchen, and people thought, oh, this stuff's really good. So she ended up having a business. Uh, 
demanded to be allowed to speak at a black business person's conference, and this is back in the early 1900s. I think what you're saying is is something that needs to be emphasized for a moment, if I may, which is that there were thousands, tens of thousands of businesses, small businesses in the African-American community until Lyndon Johnson's Great Society came along and made the government the new father and almost decimated the entire enterprise of business in the in the minority community is that an accurate analysis in your opinion oh i think so and my mother always found it amusing that um when things became integrated a lot of the black motels went out of business because people no longer had to stay there and she said not that (laughs) oh gee that's that's unintended consequences never thought of it Exactly. So the- wait, 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 let me run this back. When motels became integrated, they were no longer exclusively black ho- motels. So therefore, people didn't have to stay there and they went out of business. Some did, and, and the reason why, the, the good motels were along the highway, just like they are today, where you can see the Motel 6 and all. You can see those right when you're driving down the highway. And the black motels used to be a few blocks in, so you kind of had to know about them and to go there. Unbelievable. Well, I was hoping this would be as good as it's been. And is there any kind of book we can sell of yours or something we can direct them to? You spent so much time with me. Can I sell a website, a book, anything for you, please? Well, I'll tell you, I'm at the conservativepundit.net and my medical organization. That's a whole nother thing to discuss uh, is aapsonline.org. Now, what does your medical organization specialize in? Okay, this is the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and we've been around since 1943 when the first socialized medicine bill came out. And 37 doctors got together, started the organization to fight against it. and now To fight against it? Interesting. Yes, and so our goal is to maintain the private practice of medicine and to keep the government out of the doctors and the patients' business. Talking, or we spoke tonight with Marilyn M. Singleton, MD, and I hope you can come back another time and talk about the medical side of Dr. Singleton. I would love to hear that. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. It is uh, The Savage Nation. Our uh, Rock and Roll Friday show comes to a conclusion and I realize many of you uh, love the show and you look forward to the shows that I do. And today's show, as all, have a title because they become a podcast. <clears throat> After the show, about an hour later, it's posted for those who don't get the radio show or can't listen to it. And I came up with a title for today's show, which is The Myth of White Privilege, plus an interview with Dr. Marilyn Singleton. That was one of the best interviews that I've ever done. And we found it in the archives and ran it for you today. Uh, be honest with you, it's interesting to listen to the first few minutes and realize that I did, did not know that she was African-American until the middle of the interview. I just liked the work she was doing. And what's amazing to me is how clear-minded this woman is. Her MD, her law degree, her parents and their education, and how clear this woman really is. That's why I played it for you today. So I posted about the myth of white privilege earlier on Twitter, and here's a guy named Jim Franklin who wrote this. He said, 
the Civil Rights Act passed in 1964. 60 years of school busing and preferential treatment for minorities. Affirmative action gave jobs and promotions based on skin color. There are now tens of thousands of millionaires of color. There is no systemic racism. It is an election year scam. Well, that's pretty well put. It's more than election year scam. It's uh, much worse than that. That's the story today, and that's what we've been talking about on the show today. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. What a beautiful day that was for me to play Dr. Singleton. And um, maybe I'll have her on again if we can get her on in the the very near future. Because she's cheerful. In addition to being a genius, she's cheerful in her discussion. You know, you look at the news. it's, It's hard. Most people I know are not even looking at the news anymore. They can't take it. They just can't take the news anymore. And you see the bias. Catholic Church lobbied for taxpayer funds, got $1.4 billion. Well, that's true, but Protestants got the money. The Jewish synagogues got money. Uh, let's see. Did the Buddhist temples get money? We don't know. They See, the AP won't tell you about the Jewish organizations that got money, the Buddhists that got money. What about the mosques? They must have been bailed out, too. I mean, you're not supposed to say bailout. Because if you say bailout, you're supposed to think of um, Barry Obama, right? But what would you call Donald Trump's PPP program but a bailout? It's a bailout by any other name. It's welfare. And they all got it. Pelosi's family got it. Restaurants got it. Newsom got it. All of the Trump uh, supporters got it. And so you say, well, what's wrong with all of it? Well, I've argued with this in my own family. I've been told I'm wrong. My own family, they said to me, well, don't you understand that's how they save the economy? Had Trump not put out the PPP program and bailed out all these big corporations, the corporations would have gone under, the stock market would have collapsed, and we would have fallen into a deep depression. My answer is a little different, which is that we are going to go into that depression one way or the other, because you can only pump so much air into a balloon until the balloon explodes. And I personally believe that the dollar has been devalued by a high percentage, and I couldn't give you the exact amount. Anyway, thanks for listening to this Rock and Roll Friday. If you care to share the stories that you heard today or the insights, uh, the interview, it's all on the website, michaelsavage.com. And the podcast is heard everywhere around the world, wherever podcasts are heard. Thanks for listening. Westwood One Podcast Network.